The American Petroleum Institute, driving safety, environmental protection, and sustainability across the natural gas and oil industry through world-class standards and safety programs. Since its formation as a standard-setting organization in 1919, API has developed more than 800 standards to enhance industry operations worldwide. Find out more at api.org. Welcome to ESG Energize, where we discuss the latest developments in the environmental, social, and governance arena that are impacting the energy industry today. Here is your host, Delfina Govia. This is Delfina Govia, your busy business boss, executive, strategist, and transformational leader, whose mission on this show is to educate, engage, and energize the global community on topics of sustainability and ESG. Joining us from Siemens AG is Wilson Dyke. He is the Customer Discovery Manager, joining us all the way from Manchester, England. Wilson, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Tell us, what are you personally and what is Siemens doing here at the Operational Excellence Conference? Okay, so uh, Siemens is uh, a leader in automations in um, the manufacturing and producing industry. It's only nice for us to be here. We have um, within Siemens an incubation, which is the Data Driven X, uh, is an incubator or a startup. And uh, what we are trying to achieve here is to um, solve a problem. And that problem is bridging the gap between the OT, the operational technology, and the IT world. Okay. And yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Okay, so process control, information technology used with process control. Got yeah, it. absolutely. And um, this, this um, data is fed into um, the insurance, the finance ecosystem. That's the interesting part. Of course, yeah. yeah yes. Very important. Yeah. So is anybody from Siemens giving a talk here at the conference? Oh, yes. Uh, my, uh, uh, the director of the team, uh, Timo, uh, he had a, a presentation earlier today. About what? What did and, he talk um, about, to us about? This um, is the, the unraveling the business modules with um, data-driven uh, information and data-driven knowledge detached from the machine uh, straight up into the finance ecosystem. This will um, unravel business models that will drive efficiencies, it will drive optimizations, and it will give um, a paradigm shift in terms of, um, it, it give a paradigm shift in terms of uh, moving from the CapEx to the OpEx. Ah, okay. Yes. Did he give specific examples, any case studies that he provided along with that? Oh, Do you yes. Uh, we, we were talking about um, one of the largest um, machine uh, insurance ecosystems or companies in uh, Europe and how we have helped to, to provide, um, you know, pay-per-use modules based off of data. Uh, based off of data that we fed out from the, um, the machines, and this um, pushed up efficiencies, which pushed up models, different modules um, that um, the insurance could present to the machine users. Now, machine users in this case are people that use the machines uh, for productions, regardless of where the machine is being housed in. Um, the machine could be for a press, it could be for um, a huge um, um, reservoir, or a tank farm, or a drilling, drilling, um, uh, drilling. Uh, um, facility offshore. So what we're trying to do here is to ensure that um, these machines are properly catered, catered for. And how can you ensure that these machines are, you know, not overused, not underused? And uh, this data we pull out would help with things like um, asset health, predictive maintenance, and of course, um, you know, helping with uh, uh, the replacement of 
of spare parts, you know. So these things are, in a nutshell, are what we're trying to do, what we're trying to demonstrate in terms of the data that we pull from machines and how they move into the finance, the finance world. Um, we also know that uh, the the finance industries are a huge stakeholders in term in the machine ecosystem, the machine users. They are the ones that finance and fund um, the the purchase or even the leasing of machines in huge factories, in huge construction sites. And they want to ensure that these assets are properly insured. These assets are not, um, the risks and these assets as they are used are evaluated and analyzed so that um, the, the cause or, or the event of um, a machine breakdown, which would lead to business interruption, is identified and if possible, adverted. So with data from machine, as and when do you update would help avert all this and make the machine ready, safe, and of course, delivering as it should. So it's interesting to me that you guys are answering the call from the financial stakeholders yeah. in the business, not just so much the, the asset owners, the asset managers, but the investors in whatever uh, process whatever plant, whatever process manufacturing is is underway, that you're catering to their needs as well. Are you finding that your customers, the, the business owners or the business managers are the ones that are contacting you, or is it actually their investors that want the financial information, the ones that are contacting you, or is it coming from both sides? It's coming from both sides. As a matter of fact, um, I like to look at it as a triumvirate, a triangle, where we are in the center of the machine builders, the machine users, and the finance ecosystem. Now, what we've been doing in the past two years is to go into the, the markets, go into the streets, and ask questions, the burning questions of the machine users and the machine builders. And um, what we found out in the interviews we've had over 700 of them is that uh, you know they will want they will want a situation whereby um, they can easily identify the asset health. Um, one other thing that was also resonating with them was the fact that um, they have different sources of data from different machines, and um, the the challenge you're having is uh, data integrity because you are pulling data from multiple sources. Uh, yes, you have uh, third-party applications uh, that uh, the, the machines or the machine builders have created for them to pull out data, but what they found out is that if the data is uh, pulled out in the format, for, the format that the third-party vendor has provided for them, it is only consumed in that silo. You can't take out that data and put it in somewhere else. So if there's uh -huh. a problem in that data, um, the data is only corrected at that silo. So it means, so which means that there's going to be a lot of excesses, there's going to be a lot of downtime, and there's going to be a lot of turnaround time in terms of how that data is meant to, use, meant to be used in the end product. So what we are doing here is that we've had conversations, we've had discussions with the machine users. And, um, and uh, we found out that, look, the finance guys are the critical, uh, a critical part of this ecosystem. So we're going back to the finance institutions, the, the banks, the insurance ecosystem, and telling them, look, with our platform, you can better serve the machine builders and machine users because with the use cases that we've come up with and uh, with the importance of data from machinery, we can help optimize um, your finance models. We can help you, you know, unravel different models in terms of, you know, moving from capex to opex, where instead of, you know, 
selling a machine, you can also put that machine into leasing and use some underpins. Um, KPIs like, you know, um, paper performance as an underpin for a, a machine user to use your machine. Um, and that those are the things we're trying to discover with um, the, the finance institutions as well as the machine users and the machine builders. So these are three key stakeholders. And because we have the propensity to pull out data securely uh, from the, the, the machine and you know, make that data machine ready, um, stakeholder consumable, regardless of the stakeholder that is demanding of the, the data, and of course, um, up to the minute. So, so this is what we are providing as a service. This is what we are here uh, to discuss. And also, you know, we've had good conversations with um, some of the delegates that attended or attended this morning's session. And um, it, the, the problems resonated. You know, they, they did mention that data is a problem, pulling out data from multiple sources, the turnaround time in refining those data, and um, working in silos where there was a problem and uh, that problem has to be you know, rectified at source. So yes. if, if that data is meant to be used at another location, it needs to be rectified before it's being moved to the other place and that is just not efficient. So what we are driving is efficiency. You know, and um, it also ties back to the, the title of this um, conference, Operational Excellence. We're trying to you know, put um, excellence in operations, but this time in the machines. Um, critical machines that make businesses thrive, critical machines that um, if they do, you know, break down for any any event, you know, causes a huge disruption in the whole operational process. We are here to, you know, understand that pain and also use um, the d data to drive further drive our use case and um, put a product in the market that will be of relevance to, you know, everybody that's attending this and, of course, um, the, the insurance ecosystem and the finance ecosystem that helps to bankroll, you know, the purchase, acquisition and maintenance of these huge million-dollar machines. Very well said. Yeah. I love it. Isn't that fa the, the fantastic thing about, especially this Operational Excellence Conference? Um, this is my, my second year here. Were you here last year? I don't remember you from last year. No, I wasn't yeah. here. This is my first time. First time. Well, the, I just love this conference because we have a lot of these open the kimono type of conversations where we're being very honest with each other about the challenges that we're facing and the problems that we need to help each other solve. And I noticed that your your booth was quite busy, yes. uh, especially after your your colleagues talk that people really wanted to discuss this further. So I'm, I'm glad that you seem to be getting as, a lot of value out of out of this conference. Oh yes, it, it's 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 been um, it's been a blessing if I can say that because um, uh, we picked a lot of interests. You know, people after the presentation they did come around to you know to know more. Yeah. And uh, we had you know, um, um, you know separate private sessions, and when you know we got in, we further validated you know things that we have been um, um, discovering and unraveling in the past couple of years. So it is not uh, a, a use case or scenario that's pulled out of thin air. This has no. been validated, this has been discussed, this has been tested, and this has been asked without even putting it on the table that this is what we want to find out. But it all led to the same you know, um, endpoints of what we're trying to do. So that's the beauty of what we're doing. And um, in the, uh, a setting such as this, you know, a conference such as this, where uh, you bring in people that are you know, wanting to you know, do well, do better in their businesses, in their corporations, uh, it, it's, it brings inquisitive minds in here, and that is what we need to help validate, to help um, discover if we're on the right path. And yeah, we're really, really grateful to be here. Well, I'm glad that you came, especially yeah. that you 
agree to spend a few minutes on the show and sharing your experiences, your thoughts with my listeners. Wilson, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a poor, unfortunate soul that came all the way down from Houston, from Seattle, Washington to Houston, Texas. Jerry Morales, the Senior Director of Digital Disbursements for Tango, is joining us. Jerry, welcome to ESG Energized. Thank you for having us. Big difference between Seattle and Houston. Yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you prefer Seattle, and I'm sure I prefer Houston. <laughs> uh, actually, my wife always says that I'm, I belong in uh, an environment where people are more friendly because Seattle tends to be a little cold. We are very friendly in Houston. I know that. I love it. Lots of friends here. Very warm uh, environment, not just temperature-wise, but You can keep your summers, though. I've been here in the summer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We have some folks here from Montana, right? So everybody from Houston runs up to Montana in the middle of the summer. So, So, Jerry, do me a favor. Tango, you you and I have just met. I noticed your booth. I wanted you to come talk on the show. Tell us about Tango. What do you guys do? The bottom line is we send digital rewards and payments. We are the digital rewards and payments people. We send digital gift cards, and we're here because um, we were invited here, and our motto is easy to send and awesome to receive. So we've been around for 15 years and we send about a billion dollars of digital content every year. And in this industry, that's a lot. We're actually one of the companies that pioneered the uh, physical gift card space to digital. Okay, so when you say content, mm-hmm. are we talking something that's going beyond gift cards? We, we do, uh, that's the, I would say that's 99% of okay. our, our business. Okay, so let me see if I'm understanding. Uh, digital gift card, we all know what gift cards are. So if I want to be able to send somebody a card, then I can just do it online as opposed to having to go down to the local Walgreens and grab one off the rack to give to somebody? Is Am I understanding? That you're, you're, you're understanding clearly. So people use us because when you go to Walgreens, I think that's what you said, Walgreens, okay. to buy a physical gift card, number one, there's a cost to that, like whether it's time. You have to pay an employee to go. uh, It's a pain in the bedunkus. I've done it. It's a pain in the (laughs) bedunkus. And a lot of those cards, uh, I have uh, have two kids. And so when they go to a birthday party, they want to buy a a physical gift card for one of their friends. And let's say they buy a $20 gift card, we end up paying like $23 or $25. So there's an activation fee. And for companies who actually, the pain of the bedunkus, who have a ton of physical gift cards, especially around holidays, it's a very stressful time. What if you lose those gift cards? Yes. What if you have an employee that gets sticky fingers and accidentally grab two gift cards uh-huh. when they should only grab one? Uh, you know, read between right. the lines there. Uh, that's right. Well, that costs the company money to the point where people just don't want to deal with physical gift cards anymore. So our platform, I know this is going to sound crazy, but we're 100% free to use. So, meaning that if a company wants to use and partner with Tango, they only pay for the price of the gift cards. Okay, okay, I think that's important. It is right? very important. It's that's it's it's a no-brainer. It's a well, it's a no-brainer because especially one thing that 2020 has taught us, amen or yes or no, people don't like to be told what to do, yes or no. <laughs> Absolutely, amen, <Exactly>. hallelujah. <laughs> so if you give them a um, pick your vendor, pick a pick a, a company that. Does Apple? Card. Okay, so come let's, on, say, let's say right? you give somebody iTunes, an, right? Right. Let's say you give somebody an Apple gift card, but what if they're an Android fan? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Or what yeah. if they don't like Apple? 
Or yeah. what if they don't like Starbucks? Or what if they don't like tar- Target? Then that's not going to look good for you as a company. So what we do is we subscribe to the power of choice. And when we partner with people that say, we normally give people an Apple gift card, we go, great, here's a catalog of, of merchants that your employees can choose from. Let them choose what to do. Okay, so hold up. Instead of me getting the Apple gift card, or we're here in Houston, Texas, we're in Texas, so the, the common one that the kids get are the Whataburger ki- gift cards. You're going, you're looking at me going, Delfina, what's Whataburger? Oh, I know a Whataburger. Oh, you do? Okay. <laughs> we like you already, Jerry. You're welcome back in Texas anytime. Um, so the, if, if, the, if, you want, if you get a Whataburger gift card and you don't eat hamburgers, then how how do I get to pick and choose? Are you basically giving me a generic gift card? What's the... Great question. Uh, for the generic gift cards, because people ask us all the time, well, what if we want to support a local business? Oh. You can put a Visa on or a MasterCard as a choice where they can go straight to the merchant to do that. But okay. You, but normally, if you want to put... Um, uh, we, we just have our... Are, we're an enterprise company, so think of the bigger companies: Amazon, Apple, yeah, yeah. Kroger's, um, okay. uh, Walmart's on there. Just something that they they can choose, pick and choose what they want to do. Okay, Does that makes sense. Yeah, I think so. So, but but who's making the decision? Is it the actual person that gets the gift card that That's they get to question. go to to go to a catalog and then pick? Yes. Or is it the employee of the company that's giving out the gift card? It's the it's the recipient who gets to choose to go to the catalog exactly. to pick. Exactly, and the reason oh. and what, why employee why employers like that it takes all the guessing out of this. Should we give them this gift card or that gift card? Sold. Should we give them this mug or that T-shirt? Sold. There it is. And uh, love it. And by the way, um, if I, I think I, I share this with you, um, free is a good place to start. Free is a great place to start. And so our the only thing that people pay is the price of the money the, that they're gonna they want to send out to their employees, or their prospects, or their customers. This is brilliant. No so brainer. It's a no brainer. Free saves time doesn't cost any money that's exactly right how do people get in touch with you uh they can our website is tangocard.com okay and my personal email address is jerry.morales at tango.com that's j-e-r-r-y m as in mary o-r-a-l-e-s at tangocard.com. We're going to put that in the show notes. I'm glad I met you because, (laughs) dude, I had no idea this existed. Well, a lot of people don't, and especially when people go, we're already using gift cards. Why wouldn't we come to you if it's free and it's easy and our customers don't have to give out any information? Okay, wait a minute. I have one last question before I let you go. Sure. And let the next person that's in the line that wants They'll to do to much get better than me. No, they won't. No, they won't. Because this is fun. This is something everybody loves. One last question. Is there a limit? So if I'm a company and I want to buy gift cards, do I have to buy a minimum of 20? Great or question. 100? Or? Great question. I said enterprise earlier, but we don't have minimums. We okay. don't have mediums or we don't have maximums. We have companies that will use us just for the holidays. Hey, we want to send these 10 or 20 cards. Perfect. They've been great customers with us for years. And we also have the big boys that you all have heard of, $100 million, okay. $200 million, uh, $50 million worth of cards. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jerry. This Our, is fun. Yeah. This is fun. Thanks for having us. All right. We'll see you around the show. Thank you. Next victim, ESG Energized audience, is Mitch Blackburn, the Director of Product Management for Energy and Utilities with ServiceNow. 
So tell us, what is ServiceNow, and why are you here at the Operational Excellence Conference? So um, I'll, I did a talk today, and I'll use that kind of as the answer. Okay. ServiceNow is a digital platform for transformation, but the way I talked about it today was using ServiceNow as the quarterback for your digital processes. So when we think about processes in a company, something okay. as simple as hiring somebody, okay. it's not you send that to one department and they do all the work and magically somebody shows up. It actually requires the interaction of five, six, seven, eight departments, and that makes it complex. But with ServiceNow, we ourselves and for our customers, we're able to make it one unified workflow where the work starts, people get hired, they get the right stuff, and it doesn't require 100 emails and 50 spreadsheets to get it done. It's one digital workflow. So it's an integration platform. Integration and, and the workflow itself, yes. Aha, okay. And so when you are called in by companies to provide this, your service now, um, Perfect. <laughs> it implies that it's speedy. Um, are you also sitting with them and helping them map out, map out what that workflow is today and needs to be from an automated perspective? Or do you just walk in and say, hand it to us and we slap it in place? We, can, we do have pre-built workflows. So a lot of times we can go in and say, here's the model of a workflow that would work for you. But we've built our platform where it's very, I'll start with configurable. So things that you can do without having to do heavy modifications, but make it more specifically aligned to your company. And then there is the ability to do more, if you will, heavier modification. Now, a lot of times we can help customers with that, but we would also sometimes work with partners. Like I saw some of our partners here today, like EY would be a partner that yeah. would help customers if they wanted something very heavily customized. So we can do a range of take what's in the box to things that are heavily customized depending on the need. And when you say heavily customized, would we also jump to the conclusion, tell me if I'm jumping too far, we could jump to the conclusion of complexity, that there's a high level of complexity involved. Sometimes there is a high level of complexity when you do heavy customization. And that's one of the things that we really try to help our customers with is making that trade-off of what we have, have pre-built and configurable. Is that going to fit your need? And understanding as you more customize it, what might you be giving up in flexibility? Because as you make, create more complexity, usually the flexibility goes down and the maintainability goes down. So yes, heavy customization creates complexity, but we can cover a lot of space without making it heavily customized. So in the talk that you gave, did you touch on some use cases, some case studies? Did you go into any examples for the audience? Yeah, I mean, um, one of the ones, in fact, was a customer that presented on something different today was Suncor, which they've leveraged ServiceNow to help their employee experience. So helping their employees get work done more easily. So think about a portal that you go into and it helps you request the services you need, get the service you need without having to log into five different little websites on your company internet or send out 100 emails to figure out who's responsible for this job. That's the kind of thing that we've done with Suncor. Um, also, 
we talked a little bit about um, there's a there's a couple of other the large energy companies that we, we don't have um, their logos if you will sometimes they want to keep their successes that's private. quite right we, <laughs> they want to we keep know their it successes well private yeah um, but a lot of these cases again were really about how do we help companies make things move faster with that digitized workflow because our problem isn't that that people need digitized workflows what they need to do is get more things done yeah and if it's heavily manual it's hard to get a lot of things done so the more things we can help them digitize the more they're able to do all the important things that's a common uh, theme here at this show is efficiency Absolutely. and being able to get more done in your workday. Right. So what do, you, what do you think of the conference so far? I like the conference. Um, honestly, this is my first time at this conference, but it's not my first time in this space. I've worked in energy companies for a long time, including in the operational excellence role. Um, I was actually talking to a company that I've worked with before and they're very focused on that operational excellence. And back to that kind of digitizing theme, they were saying, we're gonna grow everything by 3X. All the things we do, all the places we go, 3X. And I all said, right. but you're probably not gonna hire three times as many people, right? Mm. And they said, absolutely not. And so they're making bets on how do I do things better, faster, more automated so they can achieve that 3X goal without 3x people. Aha. Uh -huh. So that scaling very is is not as simple as just saying we're going to grow three times. No. So. No. And it's just getting harder. Yeah. I mean, you think about for for our own lives, used to we didn't even have at least for me. I didn't have a mobile phone when I was a teenager. Then I, they didn't exist when I was a teenager. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, <laughs> Phones barely existed when I was a teenager. And they had the dial. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So think about where you and I were when we were kids. And now the last thing I have to do before I go to bed, it's like, is this charged? Is that charged? Is oh this gosh, other yes. thing charged? And then it's like, why isn't my email working on my cell phone? It's working on my laptop. So, so this complexity is... a grows that's just part of our advancement but the more that complexity grows the more we need the things that help us simplify how it all works together so when it integrates together when it's more seamless you may still have to charge eight devices but hopefully you don't have to like worry about is it going to work on every device so that complexity is just part of our forever future now and we're just trying to make that easier so that's service now is simplifying my life now. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Mitch, for joining us and sharing us about ServiceNow on the show. Can we put a link in our show notes to, to you guys? Is there's a website that we could direct people to? Yes. Is it servicenow.com? Is it that simple? It is that simple. Fantastic. We're going right. to throw that in the show notes. Super. Thanks for joining us. All right. Thank you. Join us again next week on the ESG Energized Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com.